Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. You are listening to Flop Culture, a podcast where we mainly talk about flops, but we also talk about bops, hot goss, pop culture at large, and occasionally soap serial killers. I'm your host, Vanilla J. Thank you for listening to last week's episode on Richard Hillman with Graham O'Toole. If you haven't already, go listen. Graham will definitely be back. We had such a hoot and I spent the days after uh, that episode it came out and like reliving it again. I literally spent the days describing old Coronation Street characters in great detail to my family because they couldn't remember some of the names that came up. To the point where if my phone had been stolen, all of the tabs in Safari would have just been various Google searches like Maxine Curry or <laughs> Ashley Peacock Curry. I opened that up in the middle of a work thing <laughs> next to my sister and she was like, what the hell? Anyway, we've got our first film flop of season two as chosen by my guest. All happening this week. But before that, let's talk about some news. Madonna got rinsed. At this year's Grammys, right? And I'm not going to... We're so far past Grammys and opinions about the Grammys and all that jazz. Uh, in my opinion, Beyonce should have won Album of the Year. Um, and Harry Styles' speech wasn't great, but also he was nervous. And also that album is good too. But anyway, I said I wasn't going to get into it, so I'm not. But I am, what I am going to get into is Madonna and this ongoing conversation around how she looks. And like even that sentence... Shouldn't be a thing, but it is, regrettably. Um, so she was presenting an award, or she was introducing, rather, Kim Petras and Sam Smith at the Grammys. And her appearance at the award ceremony and how she looked at the award ceremony was the talk of social media, water coolers everywhere, as it has been for the last, 
I mean, she's always kind of faced these conversations in her career, but definitely in the last, I would say, four or five, they've accelerated greatly. And they haven't always been the most positive. She's since come out and released her own Instagram statement. And here's what she had to say. It was an honour for me to introduce Kim Petras and Sam Smith at the Grammys. I wanted to give the last award, which was Album of the Year, but I thought it was more important that I present the first trans woman performing at the Grammys, a history-making moment. And on top of that, she won a Grammy. Instead of focusing on what I said in my speech, which was about giving thanks for the fearlessness of artists like Sam and Kim, many people chose to only talk about close-up photos of me taken with a long-lens camera by a press photographer that would distort anyone's face. Once again, I am caught in the glare of ageism and misogyny that permeates the world we live in. A world that refuses to celebrate women past the age of 45 and feels the need to punish her if she continues to be strong-willed, hardworking and adventurous. I have never apologised for any of the creative choices I have made, nor the way that I look or dress, and I'm not going to start. I have been degraded by the media since the beginning of my career, but I understand that this is all a test. And I am happy to do the trailblazing so that all the women behind me can have an easier time in the years to come. In the words of Beyonce, you won't break my soul. I look forward to many more years of subversive behaviour, pushing boundaries, standing up to the patriarchy, and most of all, enjoying life. Bow down, bitches. And look, I'm not going to lie and say I haven't engaged in conversations around Madonna's face or anyone's appearance. It's a really easy trap to fall into, like way easier to externalize than it is to internalize and look internally and talk about ourselves and everything like that, blah, blah, blah. And I think there is maybe an argument to be made about how she edits her pictures online. Uh, but again, there's an argument to be made against that in which, and you know, like it's her Instagram, she can do what she wants. It's also, it's not like, I don't think she's necessarily being deceptive that way in terms of how she looks. Like, it's very easy to Google her. You can look up the Grammys and see how she looks. I don't think anyone looks at her Instagram and is like, this is how she looks. And then even then, why would you be bothered uh, on, on the opposite side of that argument? But it's just, is sad the right word? I'm not sure. It's just really frustrating that she's in her mid-60s now uh, and has been banging this drum her entire career. And I think, while I think this is a great sentiment, and I think especially when she talks about like, it's terrifying to people because she's just simply enjoying life and people can't understand that. I think her point on patriarchy and men and that comparison and how it's not actually ageism, like it's sexism. She actually put it best during a moment on the Madame X press tour. Uh, that I saw on former guest uh, Jen Gannon shared it on her Instagram. She put it so well, so eloquently. I'm going to leave it here because nobody says it better than Madonna herself. Well, that's an extension of sexism because if I were a man, we wouldn't even be discussing my age. The reason we're discussing my age is because women are, are marginalized and we always have been considered second-class citizens. And if we aren't young and we aren't pretty, we are condemned by society. Um, and that's very sexist, mm -hmm. that you could be, you know, the most unattractive man in the world and no one gives you a problem about it. True. Um, but if you're a female, there's a, a standard that you need to follow um, and behavior that's expected of you. And if you reach a certain age and you are still behaving in an adventurous way, in a sexual way, you're still having fun, uh, 
you're still curious, you're still alive, you're not, um, you are looked down on and you are discriminated against and you are persecuted and it has everything to do with being a female. Yup, Madge. That's what I have to say. Uh, I'm going to see her in Antwerp on this tour. I've never seen him before. I'm very excited. And obviously I will be bringing you all along with me in some capacity and you'll be getting the full rundown as to what the show is like. I'm really, 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 really looking forward to it. Elsewhere, Leonardo DiCaprio is dating a 19-year-old. Or is he? Apparently he's not. Apparently they're just mates. And maybe not even mates. They may or may not have just been sitting next to each other. Um, If they are just mates, my question is, why at 19 years old do you want to be friends with a 50-year-old? And I know I just made a whole argument about maybe we shouldn't be ageist towards people. Maybe I've just imploded that entire argument. Actually, you know what? If you want to go play, if you want to go play up with, you know, you're this, a man, that's fine. That's fine. You be Russell. Is that what that child is called an up? You do you, babe. I'm not, whatever. But anyway, this obviously set the internet alight because this is like significantly younger <laughs> than the women he usually goes for. They're usually 24. Um, and people are a bit cross because this is, I think people are thinking maybe this, this is really the step too far. This is where we're going to get him. Uh, but apparently they're not together at all. Uh, they were seated next to each other at this party, uh, an insider told People Magazine, uh, Leo and Eden Polani. They were just hanging out in the same group and the insider went on to say, just because Leo might be talking to or sitting with the girl doesn't mean he's dating her. Um, and this obviously comes after, you know, last year he was linked to Gigi Hadid, 27, geriatric, really dispelled that speculation that he doesn't date over 25. But yeah, you know what? I think Leo's missing a trick on this, right? I think Leo could 100% monetize this service that it's like, you want to be photographed with me, you want to get everyone talking, you're going to pay me, right? And you get like, because I, who the hell was Eden Polanyi before two days ago? You know what I mean? That's, he needs to start monetizing the service, right? You sit next to me, everybody talks about you, everyone knows who you are, you get this jumpstart to your career, you're an entrepreneur, you're a poet, you're doing whatever you want to do in life. You have an automatic platform there because you've sat next to me and I'm Leonardo DiCaprio and I'm known for this. And then he can donate the money to the environment since he's so into it apparently. There you go, Leo. If you're, there's a free idea there. It's a good idea at that. Um, but I loved the headlines off the back of the story as well, that it's like, there's one and it's like, new report reveals what's really going on between Leonardo DiCaprio and Eden Polanyi. <laughs> it's like, we are not... <laughs> what's really going on is they sat next to each other or near each other in a room. Oh my God. What a laugh. What a laugh. Anyway, speaking of teenagers... <laughs> Oh, it's always important to make yourself laugh. Uh, let's talk about this week's flop, shall we? What do you think of when you hear the words teen movie? For many, this will depend on when you were born. For example, I immediately go to Mean Girls. For others, it'll be Clueless, Bring It On, Heathers. The list goes on. Then on a different note altogether, what do you think about when you hear the words heist movie? For me, potentially regrettably, it's the town. I'm a, I'm a town apologist. I don't want to talk about it, Okay. That's, I'm just going to leave that there. But what about when you bring the two together? Teen heist movie and a conversation around female friendship. Of course, everything goes back to that. That is exactly the conceit of this week's flop, Sugar and Spice. And joining me to talk about it is the brilliant journalist, 
Aoife Grace Moore. Enjoy. Aoife Moore, thank you so much for joining me on Flop Culture. How are you? I'm grand. I had the best excuse to watch one of my favourite terrible films. <laughs> so happy to be here. Talk to me about this favourite terrible film of yours that you picked. Okay, so the film I picked is the 2001 classic Sugar and Spice. Now I will say when you put Sugar and Spice into Google, it's a bakery in Wexford. <laughs> So what you want to do is put on Sugar and Spice film. Yeah. It is, it's very unfairly, I think, compared to Bring It On. But the only similarities is that it's a high school film about cheerleaders. That's where it like starts and ends. It's supposed to be like a dark comedy. It's not that funny. <laughs> it really isn't. There are, there are sparkles, Great there's moments. hints of something, mm. but the majority of the stuff does not land. No, the characters... In no way, shape, or form are believable. <laughs> there isn't one person of colour, one gay person. It is very much of its time. It's a 2001 cheer, cheerleader high school film. Also, you could, you know, back in the day when you could just say whatever, there's quite a lot of fat phobia in it, quite a lot of homophobia in it. It's just, just, it's just a lot going on. It is. It's truly one of those movies they were just like, you know what, minority groups. Fuck nah, them. You not know, real. Just, not real. Yeah, not real. <laughs> we don't acknowledge them. They're not valid. Um, so, yeah. So the story follows Jack and Diane. And Diane is obviously the head cheerleader. And Jack is the quarterback, obviously. Obviously, yeah. And they have much unprotected sex and get pregnant. And their parents disown them. Very Ireland vibes. <laughs> and they rent this shitty wee apartment and they're scant. I think, doesn't Jack work in like a f- chicken place? He keeps, he can't hold down oh, a yes, job basically because he's just like, yeah, and he gets a, like stereotypical dumb Jack. Yeah. He's working in a Mexican restaurant and then a fried chicken place. And, and then, then a video shop. And then a video shop because yeah. the, the nerdy guys who work in the video shop are just like, oh my God, I can't believe this cool guy wants to work here and he'll be our friend. So they just give him a job but he's terrible at it. What I also didn't get was like, why are these two 17 year olds were in charge of hiring and firing? And this? <laughs> Where's the HR there? You know yeah, what I mean? No HR in that video rental <laughs> shop whatsoever. So then he gets a job in the video shop. Diane is pregnant at home in charge of what he terms the baby machine, isn't it? Awful. And uh, <laughs> so they're scant and they don't know what they're going to do with their lives. And Jack also randomly wants to be a senator, of course. And she decides one night, J- Diane decides one night when she's watching, isn't she watching Heat? I yes. think it's Heat. That... To make enough money to get her life off the ground that her and her cheer squad of unbelievable two-dimensional characters will rob a bank. Yeah, of course. Yes. What could possibly go wrong? Exactly. It's actually, the cast isn't bad when you look at the careers that those people have had in a sense. So James Marsden is Jack. Yeah. Uh, Melissa George. bloody handsome, I have to say. Like he just, I think, yeah. I didn't. Queen looking for me. Okay, that's fair. Mm. I didn't I didn't really I never really got it and then I saw him in this time I was like he just has that like sparkle. That's... He looks like Prince Charming. Yeah. Mm. Which makes sense because he plays a Prince Charming in Enchanted. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, there mm. you go. Um, no list. <laughs> so yeah, James Marsden, Melissa George, Mina Savari. Like these people went on to have like pretty and there's a couple other people you sort of half recognise from TV shows or yeah. whatever. But um and Mina Savari 
obviously there has to be a white trash element uh, in this. So Mina Savari's mammy shot her dad when she was given birth, Mina Savari, and has been in jail for her entire life. So they go to jail and Mina Savari's mammy and all her present unmate friends teach them how to rob a bank. And it's 120 minutes, which I love because films are too long now. I was, that was one of my notes was that this is the perfect length of a film. I think it's yes. 87 minutes in total. It yeah. is just yes. chef's kiss. Yeah. Beginning, middle, ending. That's this all is, I want. Put it this way, folks. This is not the Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> like you can watch this song on your iPhone. It won't take away from the cinematic experience. You could watch this on the worst quality oh. Barbie TV screen and the experience will not be compromised. Actually, Woody here. So last night, I for research, watched this uh, on a <clears throat> stream that I found online. But the subtitles were not for Sugar and Spice. They were clearly for some Russian gang drug dealing <laughs> <laughs> drug dealing film. So it was like Jack and Diane like been like, I love you, baby, I love you, baby. And my subtitles were like, he's been dealing heroin for years. <laughs> <laughs> which like, really which right. really helped the adventure along. This doesn't um, seem right. Yeah, the characters of the cheer squad. Um, they all have their, they kind of like the Spice Girls, aren't they? They all have their wee characteristics. So there's the religious one who throws the word whore around way too much for my own comfort. For someone who's really into Jesus. <laughs> she says the word whore, word whore a lot. Yeah. Also anti-choice. Not my favourite character, no. to be honest. But preachy. Um, Mina Savari is Kansas, who is the kind of raised by her granny and granddad because her mother's in jail. And yeah, she's supposed to be like the hardcore one. Criminally um, underutilised in this movie. Yes, and like, also she, so beautiful. Oh my God. Just yeah. really like so charismatic. You cannot yeah. take her eyes off her. And she's some of the best lines mm-hmm. in it, which is we've already discussed. She is actually between. one of the few believable characters in it, to be fair. Yeah. Um, then there's like the smart one who I think is called Sarah who's going to Harvard therefore doesn't know if she should rob the bank or not because she doesn't want to lose her scholarship then there is oh Melissa George's character is completely insane so she's supposed to be like the slot one but she's for some reason obsessed with the TV presenter Conan O'Brien have you ever, has there ever been a more 2001 sentence? Like any, if I was to put a child in front of this now, the first thing I would say is, who the fuck is Conan, Conan O'Brien? O'Brien? That's her whole thing. Like her fantasy is that she's like in love with him. Yeah. And she's, she wants to have this like all leather house with him and talks it, like in great detail about having sex with him pretty yeah, much. Like, so she's, she's supposed to be strange. like the sensual one. So she's always rubbing herself, talking and like talking in this like really sexy voice like this all the time. And... Other than that, I don't think she has any characteristics. She's always got her, like her leg up somewhere, and like <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about this because I did, I did enjoy it. It's not without it, but it's very much product of its time. I wouldn't mm. endorse a lot of the the writing and some of the yeah. throwaway things, but at the same time, I found myself really rooting for. Jack and Diane and I really mm-hmm. liked the Diane character as someone who was like you know head cheerleader or whatever falls in love wants this life mm-hmm. is very much just like I will do whatever it takes 
and then by the time, but then, uh, but then I suppose by the time she is pregnant and they're kind of hatching this plan, all the friends are back together and it's like, right, I can only remember Mina Safari's character and then the rest of you, I'm like, I do not care. I do not care enough about you and you all seem like horrible friends anyway and I'm yeah. supposed to believe that you're all working together then to hatch this plan. I was like, I don't care. Thing, I do not care. I think the thing <clears throat> that makes it different is Diane is obviously supposed to be the head cheerleader. She is, from the outset, the world's most painfully positive person. Like, she gets up every morning and does affirmations in the mirror when she's like good morning sunshine this is the greatest days of your life so far <laughs> and um like and she's also really 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 nice not just to your friends but to other people in the school whereas like the archetype head cheerleader is always supposed to be like a total a bitch, bitch. Yeah. and also the quarterback which is usually seen as like this total bully character Jack is not only thick as months but also a very sweet boy so like, sweet so sweet so precious like doesn't want to go up and pinch his little cheeks and just go oh. and um the baddie in this Film is the head cheerleader from the B Squad who are kind of seen as kind of the rejects and she really badly wants to be in the A Squad and what I enjoy about it is like maybe the takeaway from this film is like don't grass. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be a grass. Don't be a grass. Toy toy. So extremely fair. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I liked about it is like it doesn't really follow. It's written by a woman which I think in some ways you can tell that it is written by women, but also the rest of the friends characters, the rest of the girls and the squad's characters are so two-dimensional and unbelievable. You would be forgiven thinking that they were written by men. Yeah. Oh, unbelievably so. The thing with this was though, like, and I suppose part of the reason why it flopped. So the whole thing was that obviously this came out kind of not very quickly after Bring It On. So Bring It On was August 2000. And this was 2001. This was 2001. This was out in January, which is kind of uh, generally seen as like a dump month for mm-hmm. studios for movies that they don't think are going to do How well. dare they? I know. <laughs> Rude. Because in so many ways, like it's so much fun and it like subverts that whole cheerleader mm-hmm. teen movie thing. Anyway, and it's way more dark. But anyway, um, the film was originally titled Sugar, Spice and Semi-Automatics. Um, but after the Columbine High School Massacre, 1999, they were like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe we'll change I the title. I actually read this that they got it got a load of grief because people were saying that it was promoting like gun violence in America. It's like I don't actually remember any sh- mass shooting sense that involved five cheerleaders yeah. robbing a bank. That's mad, isn't it? Mm. Mm. But yeah, so the, it got a lot of flack when it first came out that it was promoting gun violence because there is a couple of scenes in which they need to <laughs> assemble the semi-automatic rifles by themselves using, I believe, duct tape and a nail file. Yeah. <laughs> Iconic. Very totally spies, isn't it? Very totally spies. And again, because Diane is very practical and she's very positive and she's like, I just see this as a huge opportunity. I find it hard to believe that Mina Savari's character wouldn't have punched her at some point. <laughs> She's so, so happy all the time. But yeah, so it got loads of grief. Then it was compared to Bring It On. And they said that, you know, it was like a, a per man's Bring It On. But they're very different films, I think. They're totally different films, bar yeah. the whole thing of cheerleaders. cheerleaders in them. Yeah. And the funny thing about that was as well is Gabrielle Union actually wanted to be in Sugar and Spice. Oh, I didn't know that. She didn't want to be in uh, Bring It On. Like she I, feel like, I feel like that's a poor decision on her part. I know, but look, it all worked out for her in the end. Uh, I um, Actually, it showed, it's a testament to how much I love this film, is I was talking about whether, what film I should do for this to my friend. And I was like, actually, I don't even know if Sugar and Spice was a flop because it's such a good film. It has 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> 
no, the reviews are not good. And this made... It made 11 million or something. It made like, it, it did end up making a profit, but it was like so small. tiny. Yeah. So, so but small. But also I would say the budget for, I would imagine was pretty small because the entire film is like filmed in like four different places. Yeah. It also, something I noticed about it, although it's very of its time with the references, you wouldn't be able to really put a year on it. No, because even it felt l- there's no, earlier to me than 2001. Like yeah. I thought, I still thought like 90s. Yeah. And there's no like mobile phones or the cars are all very, very generic. The uniforms are very generic. The school's very generic. So you wouldn't be able to put a time on it. It's also filmed in Minnesota and it's set in Minnesota, but they never mentioned that fact. I only found that out from reading about it today. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's called Lincoln High School. Again, very generic. Could, Could be, be anywhere, anywhere in yeah. America. Yeah. But yeah, the whole point of it is that it's supposed to be set in Minnesota, but they just completely forget to mention that the whole way Could be anywhere. Use your imagination. Yeah. What do you think is the appeal of these kind of teen movies? And I suppose specifically the cheerleader genre, because obviously we know like mm. whatever about this, bring it on, spawned like 800 other yeah. bring it ons, till death to us part, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whatever the other titles are. People just really gravitate th- towards these movies, but I wonder why. And I was thinking maybe we gravitate toward them, towards them because it's so different from Irish school culture. Like I went in all girls convent school, so like we didn't even know men existed. So the thought of even like a high school, do you know what I mean? It's quite alien to us and then but that can't be the case because they're huge in America as well mm. I think it maybe is it kind of speaks to the insecure awkwardness of being a teenager you know the way like from like 13 to 16 you're just embarrassed to breathe like it's just humiliating to like be outdoors <laughs> so I think maybe that's part of it and also the notion that you want to fit in like everyone wants to be a cheerleader everybody wants to be the quarterback and I often wonder like is there is it actually reflective of what school is like in America? I don't know. I don't really have any. Do I have any American friends? No. My, we've had a few Americans on the podcast. So I could ask them. Yeah, celebrity your friends are celebrity memorable clubs. Yeah, I might, they, they would be able to give me 100% the answer on this. But it this. must be in some way realistic because there's been a million films. Yeah. But even now, like the contemporary examples of like the, I haven't seen this now, but well, Do Revenge on Netflix or like Heartbreak High is another even, recent like, think one. Back to, like Greece. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's been going for that long. There must be some truth on it somewhere. Yeah. But I do think, the reason I like this film so much is, like, first of all, it's very woman-centred. Like, men are a very byproduct of this in this film. And also, like, the one main man in it, Jack, is, like, very, very sweet, but also stupid. Yeah. And Yeah, a total moron. Yeah. And um, it's all about just, like, girls sorting being practical and sorting shit out for themselves <laughs> my favourite favourite genre of movie in terms of other movies that were out that year like it's kind of impossible to compare because you had like the first instalments of Harry Potter Fast and the Furious Spy say, Kids a bit iconic. different from <laughs> a bit different Spy Kids another film I rented excessively from Extra Vision. did you rent a 3D one well, no, because like we probably got our TV off the back of a lorry. I so know, like, but like I'm not saying I had a fucking 3D TV at home either. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't that the 3D effects were working. It was like, Jesus, they were really far ahead in court. No, do you remember they went into a video game? Yeah, we had all 3D TVs. Anyway, that franchise is just iconic. I oh, hope someone amazing. comes on and does that. Spy it's not Kids. a flop though. Oh yeah, I suppose it's not. No. But the third one is, kind of. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to stretch these parameters <laughs> just, to have, just to talk to people about things that I like. I love Spy Kids. Loved Harry Potter as well. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But you said the, your first interaction with sugar and spice was renting it. We rented it from my extra vision. I remember yeah. me and my, my dad used to take me and my brother the extra vision on a Saturday night. It'd be like, just pack a TV because they were going out in the past. So he's like, just pack a TV so you'll be quiet for the babysitter or whatever. And um, we went down. And I obviously was about, well, I was 10 in 2001. But I obviously must have just seen like the cheerleader thing and was like, oh, we'll put, I'll get this. And then... I did this with so many films we could have just bought the video like we rented it so often like it would have been like there's the cost, like yeah, there's yeah. certain films I even said to my mommy about it I was like oh, I'm going on this podcast I'm talking about Sugar and Spice and she was like oh Jesus Christ <laughs> so much of a market yeah, left she on your was like phone. I could act that thing myself <laughs> it's like, yeah because then if you had to hand it back the next day you also watched it in the morning <laughs> Oh my god. I'm trying to think of the movies that I like constantly rented. Spy Kids is an hour one hours. Spy Kids and Sugar and Spice. Liz, and the the Little Rascals. movie, I think, was a big one for me. And the S Club 7 movie. Oh, don't know if I've seen that. Seeing Dublin. Oh, seeing Dublin. Not seeing Dublin. <laughs> Dublin. Where they're all like, Very they're cloned films. or whatever. Right? And there was a song in it. I was like, when you're a clone, you know, you're never alone. So tell me who, who do you think you are? I want to do that as well if anyone wants to go on and talk about the that. Tell the sheep theme, June. <laughs> traumatic, traumatic. Um, let's talk about these reviews. As you said, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, someone wrote, though this cheerleader comedy has an intriguing premise. It's too empty-headed and saddled with too many lame jokes to live up to it. Uh, and then we The reviews the are quite of, vicious. I was reading them this morning. I was like, Get, lads, it's a cheerleader film. Like, what were you expecting Chandler's list? But this, but this is the thing. And then look, you had someone like Brendan Kelly of Variety said that it was quite a smart little film with a surprising satirical edge, which was the way yeah. I kind of found it. And then someone, someone else said it was point. like fun and like raunchy yeah. and someone a bit Someone else made a good point and they were just like, it's supposed to be a dark comedy but doesn't go far enough either way so it's not dark enough and it's not funny enough yeah I think the idea on paper would have been was a lot better than the actual execution of it I don't think I think there could have been went a lot further with the darkness and they could have made it at least slightly funny yeah <laughs> like, a lot of it when you're watching all you're just like oh wouldn't get away with that joke now like you wouldn't be able to say that no but even I had written down as I was watching it the opening cheer number is to Gary Glitter which yes. like <laughs> yes I mean that's a choice that was made <laughs> <laughs> um what I'd say I, I James Myerson was a lash from day one uh I thought when he uh when he gets hit by the football, it was pretty funny. Yeah, and the book where they tell the parents that she's pregnant and then when 
<laughs> they're sitting in the car after, and Diane says, when he said he didn't want to see our effing faces ever again, did he mean in life or when your ma wakes up? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. I don't think I had anything else written down in terms of like I think like those things like that, they could have went harder on. Yeah. Like the fact that they were on their own. And like, it doesn't appear clear to me how they even had money to rent that apartment because if he was only working in Extra Vision or Blockbuster or whatever it was, like, and she wasn't working and they were both still at school, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they made it seem still quite idyllic in a way. Like, I just... Oh, that was the other criticism. There was other criticism when it came out that it was promo- it was glamorizing teen pregnancy. I mean... It didn't look glamorous to me. I don't want to rob a bank. <laughs> She did eat a lot of Snickers though. Yeah. Snickers Snickers clearly had some sort of product placement in that yeah. film because she eats Snickers like in every scene when she's pregnant. Yeah. Like there was like a couple of Sony boxes as well. I was like, Span, my Span thing was going off. Yeah. yeah. How the hell did they afford that apartment? Because it well, actually she, looked- she gets a job in the Walmart bank and then that's the bank that they rob. But they're also still in high school at this point. Like, what yes. the fuck was the rent? <laughs> Zero monies. Like, it was just... Maybe because he was the quarterback, someone was like a really big... Oh, that's the other thing. Their landlord is quite clearly a criminal. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because remember, he's dropping off the stuff and yeah, they're he like, leaves yes. all, He leaves like stolen goods in their house yeah. and that's how they get a TV. He's like, you didn't see me. And then they're watching on the so TV. So the moral like, of the story is, is like, love with criminals and you'll get free stolen goods. Yeah. Live with criminals. Don't be a grass. Any yeah. other lessons? Uh, well, the reason they get away with it is because the girl who is going to grass really wants to be in the cheerleading squad. So they say, right, you can be the captain of the cheerleading squad if you don't grass on us. So maybe the rule is just to be popular and good looking and you'll get away with everything in your life. Yeah, and don't have integrity. No integrity. No integrity whatsoever. What do you think of the endings for all of them? Because it does that classic <laughs> thing as well of like, where are they now? That's or what my, happened to that's them That's my credits? favourite way to end a film. Oh, like, so good. Every film should end like the that. The hold that had on 90s cinema. <sighs> like, you know, it was the end of The Little Rascals. So you was like, this is what this person's yeah. doing. Remember the Titans also has that. Yeah. Um, so what are they? So uh, Mina Savari, no, Melissa George moves to New York. Meets Conan O'Brien and they get married. Yeah. And she's in like Scream 8 or she's something. She's in Scream which is 8. Very That's funny. what it yeah. is, yeah. And then Mina Savari um, appeals her mommy's prison uh, sentence and gets her out of jail. Real Gia- life Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Um, d- maybe that's where Kim got the idea. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I could see Kim sitting and watching Sugar and Spice. Yeah. Um, and then, so I completely lost the train of thought now I'm thinking about Kim Kardashian. Um, <laughs> Diane's ma. Also, a thing I didn't like, Diane's parents come back into her life and they're like, oh, now that Jack is a se- Jack becomes a senator. Yeah. And then he runs for senator or whatever. And then Diane's parents come back into her life when Jack is a senator. So it's like, oh, well, you've had your kid now and your husband's a senator, so like, we'll have you back. Yeah. And then her parents start up the Diane... Teenage pregnancy cheerleader uh, fund, uh, pregnant teenage cheerleader fund, or something yeah. for high school. So like the, it's and just... like that's the way the follow is. It's like so, no pregnant cheerleader will ever have to rob a bank again. Yeah, which is very sweet. Yeah, that is very sweet. What do the rest of them do then? Oh, the holy girl who says whore all the time. She <laughs> starts her own equestrian school. Yes, because obviously she's on the horses. Yeah. <laughs> Every single stereotype you could think yeah, of. Yeah, she's a horsey girl, and then oh yeah, the other the smart girl goes to Harvard. 
boring. And she invents a pizza box and now she owns uh, a, a private island in the Virgin Islands. Oh, she Islands. owns Guava, yeah, 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 yeah in the yeah, British yeah. Islands. She yeah, yeah. invented some sort of pizza box. Yeah. And they all lived happily ever <laughs> they after. They all lived happily ever after. They robbed a bank, they got away with it. And, um, oh, and then their wee, their friend whose dad sells them the guns, she becomes a glamour model. I love that. I love that. I was obsessed with her when she popped up because I only know her as the the young doll that Ross gets with she's, the friends. She's Ross's like teenage girlfriend and friends. I remember her name, but yeah, and they're she's like Brad having the water balloon fight. Not Brad Pitt. Bruce Willis's daughter. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a better reference. That's yeah. a better reference. But um, she becomes a glamour model for a gun magazine. <laughs> As you do. As no, you that do. is glamorising guns. <laughs> Critics had a point. <laughs> Maybe not the rest of it, but certainly that bit. Um... If there ever was to be a sequel to this, which I highly doubt, but look, this is this is where dreams uh, come to live on yeah. flap culture. How would you see it working or what would you like to see happen? Because I can imagine them, because I suppose the thing with the ending of that movie is that we don't really see them all together in later life as adults. And that's what I'd like to see. Okay, what could happen is that it's a cold case okay. and then the cops come back. And arrest them all again. Right. And the next, the sequel is about how they're going to get out of it. And obviously, Mina Savari is a slizzard now as well. So that's why they would all come back. And it would be a huge political scandal because Jack is a senator and his wife is now under arrest for robbing a bank when she was a teenager. And that would be the sequel. Oh my God, let's do this. I I'm brilliant. This. That's <laughs> such a good idea. And it would be an even bigger scandal because Conan O'Brien's wife is also arrested. Yeah. The woman who invented the pizza box. They can't find her. She's on her island. Yeah. She can't be extradited. <laughs> Make the mini series now. Someone phone RT. I'm so obsessed with this. Do you reckon James Marsden remembers this? Probably not. <laughs> like what else is, what else does he be in now? What else was he in? Oh, I had it written down. He's in okay, so they, there's a sequel to Enchanted out this year called Disenchanted. He's in that. Is that that's the on. stuff they were filming in Wicklow? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, he was in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Not one I've seen. Which was out this year. <laughs> and he's also going to be in Unfrosted, the untold Pop-Tart story from Jerry Seinfeld. You've made this up. I swear to God I haven't. He's not that much else. Like, he, yeah, I think he popped haven't up again in Westworld, but who gives a fuck about... Oh, 27 Dresses. Iconic. Can someone please go on to 27 Dresses with me as well? Seen it on a plane. Oh, that's a perfect plane movie. Yeah, and very good. He's, in, he's also in The Notebook. Who the yes, fuck is he in the notebook? He's the husband that she nearly marries in the oh, notebook. Really he's like a sailor or something. Yeah. 2000's X-Men. 2000's X-Men? Yeah. X-Men the first one? Yeah. I That'd be a good flap. Someone should do that. I can't remember what he... Oh, he's fucking Cyclops, isn't he? <sighs> it could be. I only know Halle Berry in that. Okay, there you go. You could be speaking a different language. If it's just like, sure. Sure, sure, sure. So there you go. We can't wait for... Highly recommend it. What's your elevator pitch for anyone who has listened to this and still isn't convinced? You won't feel like you've wasted your time. <laughs> it's a nice little watch. I was really hungover last night and just... Did it help said, or hinder your hangover? Oh, absolutely helped. Okay. It's a feel-good film about sticking it to the man and anti-choice parents. Absolutely. We love it. We love to see it. And no grassing. And no grassing. 
Aoife, you are an incredible journalist. I'm obsessed with you. Where can people read more of your work and find out more about you? Yeah, I am currently writing all things politics at the Sunday Times. And I try not to be on Twitter anymore, but I am on Twitter at Aoife Gracemore and Instagram at Aoife Gracemore. I'm deciding I'm going to use Instagram a bit more because the people are just nicer over there. Yeah. And I've had to come off. I'm not off Twitter, but I have deleted the app from my phone. Yeah, it's a cesspool. It is. Like, it's just the worst of the worst. It really is. There's just no benefit, I think, to no. be on there anymore. Absolutely not. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> so bye. It's a different podcast. Uh, I don't know where you're going to find the time now between doing your day job, writing a book, and also writing this miniseries it's sequel. It's going to be a lot, but like, I really feel like whatever money I make from writing a book of which I'm fine will only be trebled. If I write a money series about yeah. Sugar and Spice 2. Someone, please. Sugar and, hold on. Sugar and Spice 2, this time. <laughs> this time it's saltier. This time it's spicier. This time it's saltier. Spice <laughs> again. Spicing all or over the just world. Call it Sugar and Spice 2, not the bakery in Wexford. <laughs> have to clarify. Not the bakery in Wexford. Aoife Moore, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'd love to have you back on. Is there anything else yeah. you think you'd talk about? Oh, I have like the worst taste in uh, Incredible, in that's the entire yeah. point of this podcast. <laughs> the worst taste in films. I'll be back, I'll talk about something else. Okay, have a think and well. uh, come back to me and we'll get you back in the hot seat. Aoife, it's been an please. absolute pleasure to have you on Flap Culture. Thank you. And you can hear Aoife on Catch Up with Louise McSharry every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. I leave all her other links below. Also keep an eye out for her book, which is coming out soon. I'm sure she'll tell me. <laughs> I probably should have asked her before I recorded this. But um, it is coming out soon and it's going to be brilliant. And I cannot wait to read it. And I cannot wait to have her back. Um, and we'll talk about something else. And we might get drunk and it'll be great. Finally, let's talk Top of the Flops. You're a flop. Top of the flops this week, we've got we've got a double header, right? Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher are top of the flops for trying to convince us that they don't absolutely hate hate each other's guts, right? So they're currently promoting their Netflix movie Your Place or Mine, which when you listen to this, it'll be out tomorrow, so February tenth on Netflix. It's a rom com. It's Ashton's first rom com since No Strings Attached, twenty eleven. Um, and obviously like Reese's rom-com gold. If anyone wants to do an episode on Sweet Home Alabama, this is an open invitation. Please get in touch. Uh, and all the red carpet picks between the two of them promoting this movie, I mean, it's giving it's giving social distance. It's giving Avril Lavigne meet and greet picture. They could not be, it's giving Mizzenhead to Malinhead, you know what I mean? They could not be standing further away from each other, right? Like there is... It's a romantic comedy. There's no romance. And I've, I highly doubt there's comedy. You know what I mean? There is not a, there's not a, a little bit of kindling between them. No spark, no heat, minus degrees, right? So Mila Kunis, who's married to Ashton Kutcher, saw these photos and was like, right, we, I need some more money in the pension pot. And this, I, we, he needs to come good on his check for whatever he got paid for this movie. I don't actually know how this works with Netflix and everything else, whatever. Assuming he's paid, how the, how well the movie does, doesn't matter. He's been paid, right? But Mila Kunis sees these pictures and is like, nobody's going to watch this movie if everyone thinks they bloody hate each other. So she gets on the blower to Reese, right? She emails Reese, apparently. This is what Reese said to uh, today in an interview. Uh, and she emailed Reese and was like, you guys look so awkward on the red carpet together. 
and she was and the Reese is trying to pray it off and it's like it's all in good fun and she says this sentence which is the most like inhuman like whatever that chatbot is that is threatening to take all of our jobs this is like something that that would say it's just fun because when you know a girlfriend so much it was just fun to get to know her significant other because I've loved her for so long Ashton is so professional he's the funniest guy I mean such a goofball we had so much fun <laughs> the lady doth protest too much uh, and then Ashton had to come out and he did uh, he was on Chicks in the Office that podcast and he essentially was like if I touch her people are going to say we're having an affair which some people are drawing comparisons to when Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain were promoting scenes of a marriage is that what that movie is called or show is called they were promoting that thing together you know and he was like kissing up and down her arm and it was all a bit like they were only short of shagging on the red carpet and everyone was like oh my god and everyone was like they were having an affair and from that perspective I'm like okay but then I'm also like is that it nobody was nobody was asking you to tongue her you know we were just asking like just stand a little bit closer you know like pretend be friendly be cordial you know what I mean so he was just like, yeah, if I stand next to her and put my hands in my pockets, there's no chance that that could be a rumour. Uh, and then the rumour is that we don't like each other. And then, again, he's at the film's premiere in Los Angeles and he's talking to Variety and he's like, again, this the fakest sentence I've ever heard. Honestly, I think I had more fun shooting this movie than I ever had, <laughs> ever, in his entire life. It was genuinely a choice. <laughs> I didn't need to do it. He says, and it's that scene in The Simpsons where Skinner has the laser at his head, but it's Mila. It's Mila with a Glock. Uh, I didn't have to do it. It wasn't like a career building block. It was like, I want to do this. Again, the lad doth protest too much. I got to be in scenes across from a genuine movie star. She's such a movie star. It's so wonderful and fun and funny and light. There was never a dark day. There was never a day that everything went wrong. I got spoiled. Oh my god. Okay. If anyone watches this, because I have absolutely no intention of watching this movie, it's basically like a house swap movie and then they swap houses and they realise that they're in love. Someone go watch this, come back to me, tell me if it's good, tell me if the hatred is palpable in that movie as well, because I would be very interested uh, to hear. And it might feature on a future episode of Flat Culture, who knows, but I'm not watching it in the near future, so. No flash. Thank you so much for listening. If it's your first time, if it's your manyth time, I appreciate it so much. We are flapculture underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. You can get in touch as always at helloflapculture at gmail.com. Rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts to get a personalized bop or flap recommendation. And you can also leave a five-star review on Spotify. Ratings help people find the show. It's hugely appreciated by me. So if you can take two seconds out of your day, really, 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 really grateful for that. This podcast has been edited by Adam Shannon. Artwork is, as always, by Brian Lambert. Until next week, we'll see you then. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. 
Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.